up to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, we're going to look at uh, verses 6 through 10. I don't know. That's just, I guess that's just part of my calling. I like coming in and kind of ripping things up a little bit. I, I like just kind of shifting things. I, I guess you would call it maybe have a prophet slash revivalist kind of a thing to it where, you know, you know, you know people have these mindsets and eh, just rip it up a little bit. Bring it back home. Bring it back home to the heart, right? Romans 10, 6 through 10. Where is it? Here? Okay, here it is. Here we go. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus or Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're not saved, there's your instructions right there. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Remember last night we were talking about speaking and how important speaking is. It's very important. Amen? You can't even get saved without speaking uh, that Jesus is Lord. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Oh, man, what a great day already, huh? Great service yesterday. We prayed for people, the prayer team and us, we prayed for people two hours and 18 minutes after the service, and it felt like it was just an hour. That's you, you know when the manifest presence and glory of God is in a place, when it transcends time. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, say spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the, through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, the spirit realm. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are, which are not seen are eternal. Today I want to talk about the language of faith. I want to talk about the language of faith. Because faith has a language. 
The language of faith has some very interesting characteristics to it. When faith is truly present in a Christian, there is going to be certain characteristics that are exhibited. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? All right? So I'm talking about the language of faith. When a person first gets born again, when they first get saved, how many of you know, when you first got saved, you stepped into a whole new realm in your life? Things were just different. I mean, it was different, right? They, they have been, we have been so bombarded with the things of the world our whole life that there are times when, when we get born again, we bring some things into our Christian walk when we get born again. All right? Because how many of you know it is a process? It is a pro- You're not going to know everything at one time. It's a process. The renewing of the mind is a process. Say process. Renewing of the mind is a process of simply this, replacing the garbage of the world with what God says from his word. That's all it is. Many times when a person gets saved, they start coming to church and they feel like a fish out of water. Anybody here, do you remember the first time you went to church? You felt like, whoa, this is really, I'm going to feel like a fish out of water here, right? Because it's new to them and that's okay. Right? That's okay. They're hearing a difference in the language. A difference from the language of a a faith and the language that's in the world. I find it amazing. Listen to this. I find it amazing that you can take a child, you can take a little baby, and you can take a baby who's born in America, very young, and place them in China. And if all they're hearing is the language of uh, China, in China there, they're going to start understanding and speaking it. Are you following? You seeing where I'm going with this? Eventually, they will speak. Think about that. Think about that. You can place any child from any other country in a country, and they'll keep hearing that language, and they will acclimate to it, and they will start speaking that language. It's because you put them in an environment where they're hearing it on a daily basis, all right? The same, listen, the same is true with a new Christian. By the way, when, when a person first gets born again, what do we call them? Baby Christians. Baby Christians. Do we have any baby Christians in here today? All right? So, you know, here's the deal. They, the baby Christians, when you first get saved and you start hanging around Christians, start coming to church, you will start to adapt to the language of faith. The more they put themselves in the environment around other Christians in the church. See, this is why, are you ready for this? This is why who you hang out with matters. Who is in your inner circle matters. Because you're around that environment and it won't be long until you start to acclimate to that environment. Be very careful who is in your inner circle. Now, we're in the world, right? We can't, we have to go to work. We have to do things. We're going to be around jerks. We're going to be around these. Are you following me? Anybody work with any jerks out there? Right? We all have. I'm talking about people that are in your inner circle. You have a choice who's in your inner circle. You don't have a choice who's at your workplace. Are you following me? Romans 10, 17. Go there with me. We're just going to tell it like it is today. I've worked with a lot of jerks. I'll tell you that much. But we pray for them and we love them anyways. 
Amen? But they're still jerks. Now, here we go. In Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The language of faith, the characteristics of faith will become evident as you consistently hear and feed on the word of God. I want to share with you some important keys and characteristics to what the language of faith is. How do you know if someone is speaking the language of faith? Are you ready? Here we go. The first characteristic of the language of faith is, number one, it will speak and confess and speak in line with the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Go back there with me. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Uh, 4, and it says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith, see the Holy Ghost, that's, that's talking about the Holy Spirit. When you get born again, He lives in you. The question is, are you yielding to Him? We have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, you could say, uh, you know, faith always confesses who we are in Christ. All right? Here's what the word confess means. I like this. I love this definition. It means this. To agree with or the next step is this. Ready? To say the same thing as. To say the same thing as. So when faith in the Word of God is active in a Christian, their talk is going to agree with this book right here. All right? Now, that don't mean you're walking around and you're constantly saying, well, you know, someone, hey, how you doing today? Well, 2 Corinthians 4.13. No, it don't mean you have to constantly bring up the chapter or verse. What it means is you're talking in line with the Word of God. The Word of God says, keep all corrupt communication away from you. Amen? So faith will cause a Christian to stand up and verbally confess, Romans 8, 37, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen? He has made us the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following me? So the language of faith, you're going to hear some things, and they better be in line with the Word of God. If there's something not in line with the Word of God, it's coming from your, from your flesh. It's coming from your unrenewed mind. And the Word of God is very, I mean, very um, loud about watching what we speak. Because what I talked about last night, remember, our thought life connects with one of the two kingdoms in the spirit realm. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Okay, so it connects with one of them. And then the words, when we speak words, it brings a manifestation into the natural realm. That's why the Word of God says, be careful what you say, you might get it. Are you following me? See, faith will cause the Christian to verbally confess the benefits of Psalm 103. That all our iniquities are forgiven in Christ. God heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. Come on, somebody. He crowns us with loving kindness. And he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, somebody. Faith. Oh, yeah. Faith causes your, your youth to be renewed. You know, fear and, and anxiety ages you. Come on. How old do I look up here? Am I? Never mind. Don't answer that. Listen, but faith will cause you 
the Christian to verbally confess and enforce your authority over Satan and demonic spirits. Faith does not back down. Listen to this. Faith, the language of faith, never backs down from a uh, confrontation with the devil. It's bold. It's bold. Those Christians are like David when he picked up those five smooth stones. Remember? To come against Goliath. It only took one to kill Goliath. Remember? But that's like, think about this. That's like us. When we have something going on in our life, we pick up five smooth stones promises in the word of God to throw back at the devil. We need to pick up those stones, right? Now, so, you know, the, here we go. The language of faith, you got to know, is not timid. It's not quiet, but it is bold. Say bold. All right. The second characteristics of the language of faith is it is boldness. It will boldly come against unrighteousness and sin. Go to Proverbs uh, 28.1. Proverbs 28.1. Check this out. Proverbs 28.1. It says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. All right? So the righteous stand up for the truth of God's word. The righteous stand their ground. They don't back down to the world. They don't back down to the devil. They don't back down to false teachings. We, we need, Come on, as ambassadors for Jesus Christ, we need to constantly stand for the word of God in the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth, no matter how unpopular it is. Now go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul, I don't know know if you know this or not, but he was pretty bold when it came to things. The Apostle Paul was extremely bold. Ephesians 6, verse 18 through 20. The language of faith is extremely bold. All right. Look at this. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And as for me, that, this is, here we go, this is Paul saying this, the Holy Spirit through Paul, but it says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may, here it is, speak boldly, underline it, as, uh, as I ought to speak. He said, Paul, the Apostle Paul was saying, I ought to speak. Every time you're preaching the word, anytime you're ministering to someone, the word of God, there needs to be a boldness. There needs to be um, a confidence on you. Have you ever tried ministering to someone and, and you're trying to tell them something, but you're really not confident in it and you can see they're like, oh, they're kind of rolling their eyes and Okay, thanks. You know, they kind of walk away. But when someone, when there's that conviction on the inside, when there's a boldness, are you following me? And you speak boldly, there's an anointing on that boldness. Because that is how we ought to speak. Amen? All right, so we are expected to boldly stand for the truth, and there are no exceptions. Now here, you got to know this. When we talk about boldness, sometimes some people misinterpret boldness for not walking in love. All right? But true biblical boldness stays within the boundaries of love. Are you following me? Just like anger. There's an anger. It says, be angry and sin not. 
You can be angry, just don't let it cause you to sin. You can be bold, just don't let it cause you to sin. Are you following me? All right. So true biblical boldness always stays within the boundaries of love. Um, You should love people enough to be bold and speak the truth to them. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me show you something here. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This is uh, probably a passage you're not going to hear a lot of churches uh, read, probably. (laughs) Especially these days, unfortunately. But they should. Amen? Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 through 5. This is the Apostle Paul rebuking the Corinthian church. You ready for this? By the way, this is in the New Testament, right? This is not the Old Testament. It says this. It is actually reported that there is sexually immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles. Listen to this. That a man has his father's wife. This guy was having sex with his stepmom. Are you following me? Listen to this. And, And you are puffed up. He's rebuking the church. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed is absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present. Him who has done this deed, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this, ready? This isn't too popular. Deliver such as one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Wow, is that not powerful? This is in the New Testament. So what's happening here is this. This is not talking about someone who just, oops, messed up. This is an individual that has sexual immorality and he's making a lifestyle out of it and there's no repentance. Are you following me? There's, there, he's, he's not mourning about it, saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that. There, there is absolutely no shadow of turning in that man. So Paul says, listen, church, you're not mourning about this? You're not taking action. You need to get that guy out of your assembly. Because it's going to start to creep in. It's going to bring spirits into this church. Are you following? Now, we got to bring this back home now. Someone says, oh, that's kind of hard. You want to know why? Because people think... People think, well, a church, you know, anyone can come. Sure, unbelievers, uh, believers, anybody can come to a service, right? But really, a church is this, an assembly of believers, like I said. Are you following me? That's really what a local fellowship is, a body of believers. So, if there's someone who calls themselves a Christian and is doing this stuff, and there's no shadow of repentance in them. They're they're not willing to turn at all. Guess what our responsibility is? You're not invited to this church anymore. Sorry. Uh, Are you hearing me? This is not popular. Because that spirit's going to creep into the church. See, we got this whole, this whole Western mindset of what church is. That's why the church is so mamsy-pansy. That's why there's so much seeker-sensitiveness in churches. But how many of you know, this is New Testament, and this is New Testament discipline right here. Right? 
So Paul is rebuking the people and saying, man, what's going on here, church? You're letting this guy hang out with, and you're hanging out with this guy? Oh, come on, somebody. In fact, Paul said to deliver him to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. You want to know what that means? Leave the church. You know what else that tells me? That there's, listen, oh, thank you, Lord. There's protection in the body of believers. Think about, there's protection when you're a member of a local fellowship. We're praying for each other. We're, we're ministering to each other. See, the destruction, you're, you're not praying to Satan to go attack that guy. What the, giving him over to Satan is this. Stop fellowshipping with him. Get him out of the assembly. Oh, come on, somebody. Why? That shows you right there. If you're a member of, of a church, a biblical church, there's protection for you amongst all of us. Man, that's beneficial. Well, I don't feel like going to church. I, I, I can be a Christian. I can be a Christian and not go to church. Well, you can, but guess what? You're going to be fighting things on your own. How many of you know? I'm telling you right now, we have a prayer ministry at this church that we are constantly lifting the members of this church up. Uh, Tyler just told me something. Tyler, raise, raise your hand, Tyler. Ah, there you are. <laughs> he just told me today about a testimony. He, he mowed our lawn uh, this week. And he came in after, uh, before service and he said, I got to tell you something that happened. I said, what? He was mowing. So he was mowing our lawn. He, he said when he was kind of over here, he's having problems with the mower and, and in front of the cross here on the grass, he said, all of a sudden, I just felt the anointing hit me. The presence of God just hit me. He goes, and then I was heading that way toward this business over here, this, whatever this car business is. He said, I was, I was riding along, and all of a sudden, I looked up, and I was startled. He said, I seen an individual with gray clothes on and a werewolf face. He goes, and I looked up. He goes, I looked up again, and it left. That thing was standing on the property of that business. It was not allowed to come onto this property. Why? Because this property, I believe Sherry, Mary told me that Sherry said she had a vision of angels surrounding the property. I'm telling you right now, Christians, you cannot be on your own in these last days. We need each other. We need the prayer covering. Are you following me? That devil is not allowed on this property. Amen? So, connecting to a good local church, there is, there is protection in that. I, I can't stress that enough. Amen? Whether it's here or somewhere else, I don't care. Just, just get connected to a good Bible church. Amen? But the things in the Word of God, they're written for our admonition, it says. And, and there's a pattern for us to follow in the New Testament. Amen? So, uh, so listen... I'm a nice guy, but listen, if you, <laughs> I'm a nice guy, but I mean, if there's word that someone's trying to creep on the women in this church, if there's, are you following me? If there, if, if I get word that something's going on that ought not to be happening in a Christian, I have to confront it. Amen. Because I'm doing you a disservice. Because then if we're allowing it, we're allowing a spirit to come in. We're not going to let that happen. Amen. I don't know about you. We're pressing in for revival and outpouring. Amen. I don't know why I use the example about guys coming in creeping on the women. Maybe there's someone, maybe the Holy Ghost knows something I don't. I don't know. But 
If that's you, just there's your warning, whoever that is. <laughs> no guy's going to talk to a woman ever again now, right? Yeah, I get it. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> but listen, here's, here's the problem in, in this Western society right now, in church. Many people just want to hear the fluffy, I love you, you love me message. But there's more to it than that. Amen? See, we can, we can be bold and walk in love at the same time. But that doesn't mean we have to be soft. That doesn't mean that we have to be seeker sensitive. Amen? If anything, the body of Christ has not enforced the standards in the Word of God enough. And that's why it's in a mess right now. But that's never going to happen here at Living Waters Chapel as long as I'm here. Which I, I don't plan on leaving, by the way. Amen? By the way, we're closing on our house on Thursday here in Carroll. Yes! So... The devil don't like, boy, we, there was some attacks coming our way, man, when that deal went through. And uh, before the service last night, that's, <laughs> Marianne goes, hey, well, on her drive here, we're like, well, must be something good going to happen tonight because there's, there's some stuff happening here. Praise God. That's what we press through. Amen? Don't give up. When, you've, when you don't feel like going to church, that's probably when you need to go because that's when you're going to get uh, the encouragement and a word from the Holy Ghost. Amen? The devil's just trying to keep you from the blessing. Listen to this. I know of a church where a man was unfaithful to his wife for more than 20 years. Listen to me now. <laughs> this is so bizarre, just so bizarre. He, he, was, he was unfaithful. He was having an affair with his high school sweetheart. He was having an affair on his wife. Everybody in the church knew this. People around the whole city knew this. This person wouldn't even hide it. They would go to restaurants together. Are you following me? And this church did nothing about it. Guess what? That church is pretty non-existent for the most part. And why? Because they allowed a spirit to come in and they didn't deal with things. Horrible, horrible situation. My point is this, that many in the body of Christ are not bold enough when it comes to standing up against unrighteousness. And guess what? Yes, we are our brother's keeper. If you you see a brother or sister in the Lord into something they shouldn't be, talk to them. Well, I don't want to offend them. Well, then fine. Let them them just go to hell without uh, stopping it. Are you following me, somebody? Confront them. Well, they're not going to like me after that. What do you care more about their soul? Or not offending them. Come on. I know, uh, you know, and then, you know, just the body of Christ in many places is a mess. I've been in Christian bookstores in the past where they have books in there, okay? They have Catholic books that tell you if you're selling a home to bury a statue under it because it's going to make your home. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then that same bookstore had had books bashing Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, and all these people. But, you know, it's okay to do witchcraft, you know. Very uh, very an idol. See? So all that does is send a mixed message to the people that it's okay and acceptable to believe whatever you want, no matter if the Bible comes against it or not. See? Either you're taking a stand for righteousness or you're not. Sometimes the language of faith is this. It's like one crying out in the wilderness all by yourself. And guess what? That's okay. Because you plus God is a majority. 
Amen? So, you know, in this dark world in which we live, we're going to feel outnumbered. If you're going to stand for righteousness, you're going to feel outnumbered. But that's okay. But we need to be motivated. The language of faith doesn't care. It's going to speak it. Amen? You've got to come to the point in your Christian walk knowing this. We are not in a popularity contest on this earth. Oh, you just wouldn't believe some of the things that, that go on in the body of Christ. It's horrible. Wow, that's crazy. The third characteristic of the language of faith is that it primarily speaks to the mountain and not about the mountain. Now, you heard me say that before. Let's talk a little bit about that. For some reason, the Holy Spirit wanted me to put that in again. All right, someone needs to hear this. The reason I say that it speaks primarily to the mountain and not about the mountain because a lack of faith, it's not a lack of faith to admit there's a problem. Amen? Amen? If there's a problem, there's a problem. Uh, But it's a denying its right to remain in your life. That's what faith is. You see, if you look in the Word of God, people that needed a miracle... Listen, you, you go look at all the things. If you look in the Word of God where people needed a miracle, never once will you read in there where they said, well, I don't have this problem. Oh, no, they're well aware they had a problem. And that's why they needed God to show up. Are you following me? There's faith, foolishness, and presumption. Faith, foolishness, or presumption. You better make sure it's faith. If not, it's foolishness or presumption. Amen? All right? Denial is not in the equation of faith. All right? All right. So faith is not denial of the problem, a sickness or disease. It's a refusing its right to remain. All right? And now, um, go to Mark 11. I love, this is one of my favorite passages. Someone right now I know is thinking, man, we just read that, didn't we, a couple few sermons ago? Yeah, we probably did. <laughs> but I love it. We need to get it deep down in our spirit. Amen? We need to get it deep down in our spirit. Mark eleven twenty through 24. Oh, powerful. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, I'm so glad Jesus answered so we would know what's going on here. Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith, it literally says in the original. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now, Jesus revealed the truth about the power of our words when they are spoken in faith, from the heart, without doubting. Amen? He said you can have whatever you want. Whatever you say. As long as there's not doubt. Again, I said it last night, be careful because that pendulum swing, swings the other way too. If you're believing your heart for something negative or bad, that's going to come your way. It's all about what are you believing for. Amen? And it better be in line with the Word or you're going to open a can of worms to the kingdom of darkness in your life. Amen? Alright? So remember, so Jesus cursed a fig tree the day before. And they didn't see anything happening at that time. But something, the process started deep in the roots. So when you start to speak to a situation in your life, you might not see anything immediately. Don't get discouraged. 
Keep the faith. Keep believing. God's doing something in the background. God's doing something where you're not seeing it. Amen? The process began. Go with me to Mark chapter 4.35. Let me show you something here. I felt like I needed to put this little nugget in here. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. Almost done here. All right. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left, left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were with him also. There's some kind of a sermon in that. Little boats, all right? Somewhere in there. We'll get to that later. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Jesus didn't care. He didn't care that storm. He was asleep. He was at peace. Amen. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But when he had said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, This shows that when we speak, it's possible to have immediate results. And for some reason, I felt like with with the spring and summer coming with severe weather, we need to know this. We can speak to storms. Are you hearing me? You start speaking to it. Now, this also proves, listen to this. The Holy Spirit showed me this. This also proves that this windstorm was not caused by God or else Jesus would have been rebuking his heavenly father. Jesus would not rebuke his heavenly father. Are you following me? So this windstorm was literally caused by the enemy. Do you want to know what happened this in, after this account? They were going to the other side, and Jesus was getting ready to set the demoniac free. But the enemy set up a storm to put a stop to it. Come on, somebody. When you're going to set the captives free, the enemy's going to try everything he can do. But your spoken words in faith can put a stop to what the enemy's doing. Are you following me? Now, here's the other point that I wanted to bring out. That, that many, many Christians, you ready for this? Take hold of this now. Many Christians judge whether or not they're in the will of God depending on if there's any kind of resistance. See, many Christians say, well, there's resistance. It must not be God then. Wrong. That is not the true test. Jesus said that they needed to cross over to the other side, yet they encountered resistance. The enemy, like I said, caused that to try to hinder him, hinder him from crossing over. Now listen to this. The apostle Paul would have never completed the will of God for his life if he judged it by the resistance that he had from the enemy. So many Christians, they'll pursue something, they feel led that God's telling them to do, and then something happens, a resistance, some hard times come, and and they say, I'm done, I, I can't do this. It must not be God then. Wrong. That's when you need to press in even harder. Are you following me? Now, 
Oh my goodness, you gotta get you gotta get this. So you don't always judge the will of God. You cannot judge the will of God by circumstances. Never judge the will of God by circumstances. Here's what you need to do. Are you ready for some wisdom? Listen, go back to when you made that decision. Did you have the peace of God in your heart to pursue that thing? Or to pursue that calling, to pursue that ministry thing, to to pursue that job, whatever it may be. If so, guess what? You're in the will of God. Now press forward, soldier. Are you following me? Now, here's what you got to do now. Now you got to be real honest with yourself at this point. If not, if you did not have peace in your heart when you press forward to do something, and you're facing resistance, guess what you need to do? You need to repent for running ahead of the Holy Spirit and find the will of God for your life where you're supposed to be. Oh, that's wisdom right there. But it, it takes you being brutally honest with yourself. Christians, narcissists need not apply. Are you following me? <laughs> the only way we're going to be victorious in this life is we need to be honest with it. If you miss it, if you tried doing something and you knew you didn't have peace, and now you're coming up with resistance, so many Christians waste their whole life trying to fight the devil, and they're not even supposed to be doing that thing. So you've got to be extremely honest with yourself, all right? Now, I also want you to notice this, that Jesus spoke to the storm and it obeyed because of this. Jesus had peace and he released what he had. He released what he had. See, faith rides on peace. I see many times people will come against a circumstance, a sickness or a disease, but there's that fear, there's that unbelief and doubt. No, fear rides on peace. Fear, uh, I'm sorry, faith rides on peace. See, the others in the boat did not have peace. That's why we need to fill ourselves with the word of God. Amen. So allow the peace of God, allow the power of God to be a reality on the inside of you and you can release it in your time of need. All right. So you got to always keep in mind that go to Romans 8, 28. That's the last scripture that we're ending on right here. Romans 8, 28. If you will keep this in mind, keep it in your heart. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 28. Let me show you something here. This is an, oh, I hear the kids down there. They're having a good old time, aren't they? They're our little alarm clock here. Oh, time to go. No. All right. Here we go. Romans 8, 28. I love this. Take comfort in this now. It says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God. So number one, you need to love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. Man, I love that. You need to love God. All things work together for the good if you put him at the center of your life. In other words, all things will not work together for your good if you do not love God. So draw strength, draw comfort from the word of God that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen? And you need to keep speaking the language of faith and you will see results. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have done this weekend. Lord, this has been a powerful weekend. And we thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for the miracles, healings, testimonies that are going to be coming forth. The healings, the deliverances. Lord, 
I pray right now that you would touch every person in this place, every person in this building that does not know you as Lord and Savior. I pray you would prick their heart right now. Right now. If you're feeling that tug right now, there might not be another chance. That tug might not be there again. If you're feeling that tug, you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. I want you to come forward this morning. And I want you to pray with one of our prayer members and get born again. Today's the day of salvation. Amen? Now, maybe there's someone in here. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Please, please get it right with God. Make it right with Him. Amen? Just make it right. You do, if you died right now, you don't know. You don't know if you'd go to heaven. That's too big of a gamble. I'm talking about your eternity. I'm talk, This is not a fairy tale. Amen? This is reality. This is reality. Hell is very real. Hell is a real place, and it was not created for you. It was created for the devil and his angels. But if you're going to pay for your own sin, there's only one place for you to go, and that's hell. If you want to accept Jesus' sacrifice on that cross, and he was raised from the dead for your justification, come on, you need to make him Lord of your life. You need to rededicate your life. And part of loving God is obedience to him. Your proof is obedience. Think about that. Your proof of your love for God is your obedience to him. So make it right. If you're in this place, you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a charismatic thing. It's not a Living Waters Chapel thing. It's a Bible thing. I know a lot of people, there's so many misconceptions around it. A lot of people are very uncomfortable about it, but I'm telling you right now, there's a reason why the devil wants to keep you from it because it's powerful. So if you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come up. Prayer team, come on up. The Living Waters prayer team. If you need prayer for healing, for anything else, the prayer team is going to be here. We're going to, we're going to stay as long as, as we, uh, we need to. Amen? Hallelujah. Hey, how's it going? All right. Now, all right. So visitors, I want to thank you so much for coming today. Hope you enjoyed your experience here. Uh, and felt the presence of God. That's my, that's my prayer. Lord, when there's visitors, let them have an encounter and feel your presence. Amen? So, uh, if there's a visitor's card right in front of you there. If you want to fill it out, put it in the, the suggestion box. We'd love that. Don't worry, we're not going to bother you. We're not going to hound you down, all right? But anyways, everybody, I'm just asking, this week is going to be very busy for Marianne and I. We got to pack and we're moving, we're closing. So, but if you need me, you know where to get me. I always make time for you guys. But I'm just saying, be patient with us this week. Amen. All right. I love you all. Have a great week. God bless you.